I just want to take this time to say welcome. My name's Matt. <laughs> and I'm the lead pastor here at Connection. This morning's a big deal. This morning's a big deal because of this. This is not a normal Sunday. Oh, the worship. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. We're going to do things a little bit out of order today. This morning you have seated yourself in, a, in an environment where we're going to be celebrating individuals who are followers of Jesus Christ explain publicly that their old life has gone away and their new life has begun in Jesus Christ. Afterwards, I mentioned that we're family. Afterwards, we're going to do what all good families do. We're going to eat together. So all of you, we're going to have a shortened service this morning. It's not going to be the full length of time. As soon as we're done, we're going to go eat as a family together. If there's somebody here, you're a regular person at Connection, if, you, if there's somebody here that you don't know, go meet them. I've met a couple people this morning that, that aren't with us regularly. I look out in the parking lot and my heart is blessed because there's, there's parking spots that are open up front. Because at Connection, we teach our people to park in the back and we sit, sit up front. Now, if we keep having people come in, we're going to have to practice SOS, though. That means scoot over some. Okay? That means, that means, that means scoot next to somebody, thankful that they wore deodorant, just scoot over next to them, okay? Today, a big announcement today. This is the only service that we're going to meet here today. There was no 430 service today. Okay? No, thir- no 430 service today. Why? Why, Matt? Why, why, why do you not have a 430 service today? This is, this is the rationale that was decided for this. This is why. Because at Connection, we believe that if you come here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon and you associate with that with family, that is what the Bible says we should do. And the, the Bible is also very clear in this. The Bible says that we should spend time with our physical family as well. We're big into that. We don't have a busy schedule of events. We want you to go spend time with your, with your family this afternoon. Go hang out with them. Go spend time with them. Tell them that you love them. Go play catch. It's beautiful outside. Build a fire. It's awesome outside. I know some of you, some of you are, some of you are 90 plus people and it's just, we're just not going to exchange Christmas cards. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I like this weather. We are in the second sermon of a sermon series that I started last week. And last week, my, my Facebook, I appreciate this. Okay, so I know we're all social media people here. Okay, so I appreciate this. My Facebook blew up last week. All I did was play Sister Sledge, We Are Family, and I got comments all week. Oh, I love that song, Matt. That reminds me of this. It reminds me of this. All week long. But last week we were in Ephesians 4, and and the subject matter of that that sermon was We Are Family. We are. We talked about the closeness that we are here at Connection. Connection isn't worried, one of the couple of points are, Connection wasn't worried about where you've been. There's not a lot of churches that will tell you that. We are not concerned about your past. We realize this, you have a past, I have a past, everybody here has a past. We understand that. At Connection we understand that everybody has a past. Not concerned about that. Very concerned in your future, where you're going, how you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because he's a real person and he's really here today. We're a group of people that seeks unity so that we can live and love like Jesus Christ in our community. Upcoming in the next couple months, you're going to see things in the worship handout. 
the green piece of paper that you were handed this morning. There's going to be things that come up. We're going to be giving turkeys away. We're going to be giving hams away. We're going to be doing things in the community that aren't normal. People don't think it's normal to be pushing a shopping cart. My, my six-year-old daughter got to help out with this last year, and she gave turkeys away. It's cool. Can you imagine this? Her mom, my wife, and, and Emma were pushing this cart around the parking lot, and she's giving away turkeys. See, that's what we do, because that's impactful. That meets people where they are. We talked last, last week, it'd be a big deal if you got handed a turkey, considering all the meat prices are now. It's a big deal. Today, we're going to study the second sermon in that series that says, We are one family through baptism. If you have one of these green pieces of paper, this is what we call a worship handout. If you look on the, the open up the first page, there's going to be some blanks. I've got a couple points in my sermon. You can fill those in. Again, on the, we don't have Kids Rock. All our kids are in here with us this morning. I'm so excited to have them in here. We're going to talk about Kids Rock a little bit, a little bit later with some of the people that are going to get baptized. Couldn't quit talking about how good and how awesome our Kids Rock program was. And probably a, a very, very big influence in why they made that decision and why they get to be baptized today. But we're going to study today. We are, we are one family through baptism. But what does baptism mean? Why should we be baptized? Why do you guys call it a dunk party? Why do you call it, why do you do this? There's all kinds of questions. But we're one family. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 3. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. If you don't know where that is, uh, you can use a table of contents in the, in the first part of your Bible. I tell you what, if you're sitting by somebody in connection that's comfortable or somebody that, beside you that can help you, say, hey, Where's it at? Help them. Okay, we're going to have the scripture up here on the screens. But I'm going to tell you this. If you bring your Bible, you're more likely to underline, you're more likely to jot down a note that the next time that you read it, it's going to make a little bit more sense. Okay? So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3. If you want to go ahead and put that scripture on the, on the screen, it's this. Matthew 3.13. We're going to be in the 13th verse of chapter 3 of Matthew. And this is a big deal because to preface this a little bit, Jesus is getting ready to start his ministry. Okay, he's getting ready to, to publicly say, he's, he's roughly 30 years of age, he's getting ready to publicly say, just like some of these people are getting ready to publicly say, I'm going to start my ministry. I'm going to start really, really showing you what I was created for, what I was brought to you for, why I'm here. So he goes, if you're with me in verse 13, it says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. This is John the baptizer, John the Baptist. This is the guy that if you ever heard any Sunday school stories in your life, this is the guy that dressed really weird. Okay, camel hair, ate locusts, weird dude. Okay, weird. He's in the wilderness. He's, anybody ever seen, um, oh, what is that show? Oh, Alaska, like the Yukon men? Okay, this is, this is no joke. No joke. John the Baptist is one of those guys. He didn't live in Alaska, a little more warmer climate, but he was this guy. He, he, he was just out of the wilderness. He was, he was called because he was prophesied about in the Old Testament that out of the wilderness would come the word about the Messiah. And, and John has been preaching and teaching and baptizing people. Can you imagine this? They're, they're at the Jordan River. And John is baptizing people much like I will be baptizing them in a little bit. And he's saying, one day the Messiah is going to come. 
One day, one day, one day, the Messiah is going to come. And he says this, he says, there's going to be a man that comes after me that I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. And all of a sudden, John looks up. And the Messiah has come to see him. Why does Jesus need to be baptized? A lot of us can ask that question. He doesn't need to be baptized. There is no sin in his life. Jesus didn't have to become a follower of himself. I mean, it sounds kind of funny, but he, he didn't. He, he, he was sinless. Okay, the only person ever to be sinless. Can you imagine what John thought? The exact man that maybe minutes before he had been preaching about, all of a sudden, was standing right here. Right in front of him. It goes on in verse 14, it says this, But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. The Savior of the entire world shows up where you're preaching or where you're baptizing people. And he says this. He says, hey, I need to be baptized. Can you do it? This is not a, this is not a question about physical strength if he could do it. Like, why does Jesus show up? He has to be baptized. Why does he, why does he being baptized? Have you ever felt this word? Have you ever felt Unqualified. I can imagine John could write a very, very long book about that word just in this right here. He probably felt unqualified. We're talking about the Savior of the world. Okay, no one else's blood could do what Jesus' blood did. No one. And he is here talking to a very mortal, carnal man saying, John, I need you to baptize me. Wild. It's completely revolutionary. Would you feel qualified if you were John? I don't think that most of us would. Did Jesus need to be baptized so that his sins were forgiven? No. Jesus didn't sin. Okay? Let's look why he needed to be baptized. If you're with me, go to verse 15. But Jesus said this, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Look what that says. It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Jesus wasn't doing this for him. He wasn't doing this to put himself in another position so that he can inherit heaven. This is a guy that came from heaven. He understands. He talked in ways about the place that he was from that people didn't even understand. You, he, can, he can physically tell them, you don't understand where I come from. You know, like it, it, it's if, if you're from the, the metropolises of Bloomford or Sims or Belmont or Browns over by Albion, you know, huge populations, towns. And you're somewhere like Chicago or New York or St. Louis. And we went to Richmond, Virginia over the summer on a beta club trip with our school. <laughs> and there was a guy, and he said, well, where are y'all from? Um, it's just easier to say Illinois. And sometimes they don't know where that is. And I said Illinois, and of course they said, oh, Chicago? No. There's actually a whole lot more of the state. Um, and I, 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 said, I said, we're not even going to mess with Wayne City. I said, Mount Vernon. Oh, no way, I don't know where that is. Well, shocker, you live on the East Coast. And I said, oh, says, I said, about 75 miles east of St. Louis. Oh, I know exactly where that is. Okay, it's like trying to describe... What it's like to be behind an Amish horse and buggy in Wayne County 
or Jefferson County and try to explain that to somebody that lives in New York. They, they don't get it. Okay? These people are apart. But Jesus came to be baptized and he came to do this. It said, so, so John agreed to baptize him. Jesus was being baptized because why? Because God said he needed to. He, listen, just with his life, he wasn't just the example. In everything that he did, he was an example. He, he literally could say, I want all of you to watch me how I live this life. Do whatever I do. There's a lot of us that would love to be able to say that, but we can't because we sin. Jesus literally said, guys, I want all of you to watch this. Remember, all these people are on the riverbank. He's probably saying, hey, wait a minute. I want all of you to watch. This is what God wants us to do. This is good. Because some people were talking that John the Baptist wasn't doing the right thing. And he said, no, this is good. This is good. But Jesus was baptized for three reasons. Number one, he was showing support for John. See? He was showing support for him. He said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This guy, this guy has been talking about the right person. That's me. And this is correct. This is right. They were the family in the kingdom of God. Family supports one another. This morning, some of you came to support somebody that's going to get dunked underwater. It's a big deal. It's a day of celebration. It's a gigantic deal. In my fireproof safe lockbox, in my house, is a little, little bitty picture. It used to be little bitty. And it's little bitty. And I have a picture of me being baptized with my baptism certificate. And it's a big deal because I can look at that picture. Man, I remember that day. I remember. But number two, Jesus was inaugurating His public ministry. Right here, He's getting ready to step into the water and say, Listen, you're going to need to watch everything that I do from now on. Because this literally will save your eternal life. Literally. And number three, he was identifying with people where they were, including and especially the people that were waiting to be baptized. you imagine? you imagine if you've been waiting in line for an hour to be baptized, and all of a sudden this guy comes in probably sandals and, and short hair and this real big buff guy because his dad was a carpenter and so was he. And Jesus probably walked up and says, hey, can I cut in line? I don't even know if Jesus asked to cut in line. Okay, I don't know the, the rules here. But all of a sudden, you're, you're waiting in line, and all of a sudden, you see Jesus come forward to get baptized. Isn't this the Jesus that we saw teaching? Isn't this the Jesus that we saw do these things? Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he was setting the example for the followers. In the family world that we talk about, mom and dad, supposed to be examples for little kids, for our kids. When they do something wrong, remember, Mike was famous as saying this. It's because. Kids should act right, and that's why God made parents bigger than kids. We should correct them. Teach them. That's why He made us bigger. In the spiritual or church world, it means that the parents or the more mature people should be mentoring the younger ones. There should be, there should be people over the age of 50, 60, 70, 80 in this church that take that 20 and 30 and 15 and 17 year old kid to go to soda and say, listen, I may not be a biblical scholar, but I know what it's like to live this life and make wrong choices. And they begin to teach them and pour into them. This is what Jesus is getting ready to start. He goes on to verse 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son 
who brings me great joy. I, I, I love this because it says this. It says, The heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like. Why use like? Because you can't explain it. It's that huge. It's that awe-inspiring. So John takes Jesus and he baptizes Him. In this one or two verses of Scripture alone, we see this. We see the Godhead complete. We see God the Father. We see God the Son. And we see the Holy Spirit Spirit descending on Jesus. This is also an example. Because when we become a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our life. And it is now our compass. It can show us and teach us and lead us where to go. We baptize people by saying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because of these two verses. It's because they're all here. If a person... You don't just get a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You don't just get it... You don't have to pay more or do something else to get a relationship with the Father or the Son. You get it all. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you get it all. There is no part... If you, have your, if you have your worship handout, just turn with me to the open, the open page and there's going to be some, some lines up here on, you can fill these blanks in. It says, Jesus was doing what God asks us to do. And as I was preparing, I asked myself this question. Okay, Jesus was doing what God asked us to do. Okay. Jesus said if we become a follower of Him, we should be baptized. That's what the Bible says. But I asked myself this question. How hard is it to do what God asked you to do or me to do? Oh, some of those things are cake. Some of them are easy. Oh, sure. No problem. Um, I'll help this person do this, or I'll help, I'll help do this, I'll help do this. Then when it gets to the point of, I want you to help this person. No, 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 no. You don't know this person like I know this person, God. This person hurt me. I can't do that. This is, this is out of my comfort zone. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not called to do this. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to love people. That's it. Period. Done. You are to love like Jesus. Is it hard to do what God asks us to do? The only time that I think that it would be very, very difficult is every time it's difficult. Every time. Every single time it comes up. Some of us say, God, I need the strength to be able to do this. If we talk about becoming a follower and we talk about Jesus was doing what God asked us to do and we're talking about a dunk party today and we're like, Matt, where's this... Where's this going? We want to be a family. Look on the screen with me at Romans chapter 6. Don't flip in your Bible. It's going to take a little bit too long. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says this. Or have you forgotten that you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism? We joined Him in His death. What you're getting ready to see in a very short time is this. You're getting ready to see an outward expression of an inward transformation. Going underneath the water does not send someone doctrinally in our church to heaven. We believe that when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you're kept. John 10.28 expresses that word. If translated, the word means kept. You're held. You're secure. The reason that we're baptized is because Jesus says to. Because He says, hey, I want you to show other people what you did. I want you to show other people what you did. Maybe you can be an encouragement by, by stepping out. The people that I'll be baptizing this morning have asked Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sin in their life. I've talked with them. 
It's unbelievable. I, I remember back, I was seven years old when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. Did I understand everything? No, but I understood this. I understood that there was sin. Big time. And I knew that I needed to have someone save me. And the only person that I could call on was the name of the Lord. And I prayed with my mom. I remember like it was yesterday. In verse 4 it says this, For we died and were buried with Christ through baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. I teach PE at school, and sometimes I get into the 6th and 7th grade classes, and they don't understand it like the high school classes do. And we would play a game like kickball or something. And my high schoolers, regardless of how you roll the ball, they may mouth something, oh, I don't like this or something, and they'll, they'll still kick it. If a sixth grade, if a sixth grader, especially one of the really athletic boys in the class, if you see like this, and they don't throw it just right, you know, sixth grade kickball is slow and bouncy. That's so, when it bounces up, you can kick it a long way. They'll say something. You know, it has to be, it has to be perfect. We get to start a new life. And, and, and when that, that pitch is not perfect, they pick it up and say, redo. Some of you are those people. You ever wanted to push redo? Reset? Let me tell you this morning. This morning, you're going to see people that have entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ that their entire life reset. brand new it's brand new none of the, none of the sin in the old person is not forgiven it says all but standing in the water our old self when we were put down or immersed or buried in the water we represent that our old self is dead when we raise them up it's like god speaking those words to jesus on the third day says come on arise and when he came back to life, it was a brand new person. If you have your worship handout, it says this, when we are baptized, it represents Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It also represents our new lives. We are now living for God. Some of you, some of you for the very first time might have been hearing these words. I want to say something very, very important. Some of you understand today for the very first time that there is something that's separating you from having a relationship with God. That thing is three letters. It's called sin. It separates us. You cannot have a relationship with Christ with sin in the way. But God loving all of us so much, He sent His Son to physically die on a cross for all of us. And on the third day, God raised Him from the dead. That is the only reason sometimes that I have to wake up. It feels like it sometimes. The, the hope that I have. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, and He conquered death, and He ascended back to the, the Father in heaven, this is what it said to us here on earth. It says, people, God's talking, people, if you can believe in My Son and what He did and ask forgiveness for your sins, I will come into your life. The church, we, we use a word called saved or, protect, or kept. 
connection we use, you can become a follower of Jesus Christ. Not a believer. The Bible says even the demons believe. A follower. Someone that wants to have a relationship with Christ. I'm going to give us an opportunity for that right now. In a second, I'm going to ask you to close your, close your eyes and I'm going to have you repeat this prayer after me. When you repeat this prayer after me, it is not about the words that I say because I am not more worthy of this than you are. All it is is you, God sees our hearts. And I'm going to repeat a prayer. You just at your seat, repeat it with me if you think you'd like to do that. You can become a, a follower. So if you would, where you are, just bow your heads. You just say this, just to yourself. Say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus died for my sins. God, I ask you to forgive me for those sins. And I ask you to come into my life. Make me a new person. Thank you for saving me, God. In your name we pray. Amen. If you, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I want you to know something. If you were very serious about those words, the words weren't magic. But if you were very serious about those words in your heart, what's going to happen, what already happened, what has happened, is you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. And at Connection, this morning, the followers of Jesus Christ that have not been baptized have an opportunity. So this is what we call spontaneous baptism. No joke. If you're here from another church, and, you've, and you're a follower and believer in Jesus Christ, or maybe this morning you became a follower of Jesus Christ, and you say, man, I've never been baptized. Here's the deal. Connection is set up for you today. Oh, there's no way. We have swimming trunks and we have black connection t-shirts for anybody that would fit anybody in this room. In a second, I'm going to say, if you want to be, if you want to be baptized, I'm going to have you head out that door. You're going to go out to the, to the bathroom. You're going to meet Brent or Christina. They're going to give you the shorts and the shirt you can change into. And you can come meet me over here in this room. Spontaneous baptisms. What an idea. We're going to get ready to celebrate. We're going to get ready to go into nice warm water. It wasn't warm when I got baptized. Heater broke. <laughs> and now it is warm, and I've got to put, I'm going to put like 2,000 gram insulated waders on that I usually stand in ice water duck hunting in, so it's going to be nice and warm. But today, if that's you, today, if you become a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to join us, you come over there. I will say this. I'm going to give you a little, a little heads up of what's getting ready to go on. The band is going to lead us in rooftops. After the song, we're going to baptize people. When I start baptizing people, if that person or people is in your family, we are family here. We want you to see. Here's the cool thing. On these two screens right here, you're going to get a live video feed from the baptistry. So if you're not family, please, you can watch right here. If, you're, if you are family and you want to snap a picture, just don't kick over any of the instruments. Don't want to upset them. Okay, you stand right here. Okay, this is a good spot right here. You can take a picture. Okay, we want everybody to be able to see this. We want this, we want this to be an opportunity that you capture. So if that's you this morning, if you're a spontaneous bad, 
baptism candidate, go to the, go to the bathroom, all the other baptism people, get ready to get dunked, meet me over here. 